0: all right we are live we are back timberwolves fans welcome into the daily wolves podcast i'm your host evan and usually i'm with my co-host trip uh he's busy tonight doing a few things but i got one of the best people around to hold down the ford tonight this is uh jake painting over at housing growls on twitter uh great stuff as always one of the best writers out there knows you know all his stats uh you know and everything and, and jake's been somebody i've followed myself for a long time and if you don't already follow him you should definitely give him a follow uh jake where can they find you exactly on twitter and kind of introduce yourself man
1: yeah uh thanks for having me first of all i'm i'm super excited to be here so uh, it's been a long time coming that we wanted to get together and talk so uh mm-hmm. yeah, you can find me at House and Growls on twitter um, house and growls on youtube as well i've been doing some youtube stuff and house and growls as is my newsletter as well my Wolves newsletter so you can find that at houseandgrowls.substack.com or just type in you know house and growls or house and growls Wolves or something in your google search bar and you'll find all my stuff so yeah i'm super excited to be here super excited to talk some wolves because we've finally got a little bit of wolves action again it says we're not quite in the boring bit of the off season, so yeah I'm excited.
0: No and speaking of not being in the boring part of it we have uh, FIBA basketball which we'll get into in a little bit kind of getting us through it we had the summer league and had some impressive stuff which maybe we'll go over a couple awesome players in a summer league for those Wolves fans and you know just looking forward to pretty soon here hopefully USA kind of getting in there uh, winning the tournament and then it's going to be, you know, training camp's going to be right there for the Timberwolves, so we're going to be rocking and rolling. You're going to see Wolves Twitter, really. Uh, all, all the reporters are going to be back on. You're going to see Dane and John and all those great guys covering it daily. Um, and so we'll be right into it. And then before you know it, it's Jimmy Butler uh, in the Miami Heat coming to Target Center on the 28th. So, uh, you know, I'm thinking about flying in for that game. Uh, hopefully a lot of Timberwolves fans turn out. And I kind of – today I wanted to start it off with, before we kind of got into everything about the FIBA tournament, you know, there's something – Jake, that kind of rubbed people the wrong way the other day on Twitter, at Wolf's Twitter, was feeling some type of way about it, and that is Patrick Beverly. He did hop on his podcast, man, and uh, I know you saw the video. I know a lot of Timberwolves fans that are watching saw the video in the comments that Patrick Beverly did make about Anthony Edwards and about Minnesota. What did you exactly think about that, Jake?
1: Well, I actually obviously know what he said. I didn't click into the video because I couldn't bring myself to listen to Pat Bev. Speak oh, yeah. Such <laughs> blasphemy, um, especially as a guy who I think, in general, obviously we've all really enjoyed Pat Bev when yeah. he was hit, when he was with Minnesota, and he's always seemed like a guy who who went for bat for these smaller markets and went for bat went to bat for Anthony Edwards and for these superstars who are emerging. In teams that aren't the big market team. so it was it was a little bit disappointing to see uh, Pat say that, and it was a little bit disappointing just in general because it's a guy that, that we all love and we all respect for what he did with the Timberwolves. I mean, it's it's just stupid, isn't it? It's it's a stupid narrative. It's it is, if yeah. if, it, if every player is going to end up with a big market team or needs to end up with a big market team to to see their star rise, then we may as well just put five teams in LA and five teams in New York and five teams in Miami and just call it a day. And then we can all just, you know, enjoy the basketball with the with the teams that are meant to be there, according to these people. So I think it's stupid. I think that Anthony Edwards just signed a five year contract three, four weeks ago, and we could at least give it maybe a year or two before we start talking about how he needs to move to another team. And there was that article that came out today that's that's caused a lot of um, rage and, and stirred up the fan base as well about the same thing. And it's the same answer. It's, it's just dumb.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I get, I get where they're coming from and it, it would help like him be, might help him be more recognized. It might help him be out there and get all the fame that he's always wanted. But at the same time, when a player is so special, like Anthony Edwards, I mean, you don't need to be in New York city. Uh, eventually, If you're that truly that special, you're going to shine anywhere. I mean, look at Giannis Antetokounmpo out in Milwaukee. He won with the Bucs, proving Mm -hmm. that he can win with the team, right? Uh, Look at the Denver Nuggets. They just won the NBA Finals. And there's a star out there who's the best center, arguably the best big to ever play the position uh, ever in NBA history. And so, you know, those guys are getting national games. Uh, The Wolves don't have a lot of national games this year, but he's doing everything he can right now to really earn the respect from the league. They're probably going to get some games added this season. I'm assuming because he's that electric. He's been that great in the FIBA tournament. Uh, But I think really it's just, you know, Kevin Garnett, when he used to be here, he was a big time player. Everybody did know him in the NBA. And so if Kevin Garnett can be labeled the big ticket by everybody, then it shows you that there is a market out there. And Anthony Edwards, he, not only, uh, you know, is he that kind of player that you and me uh, love, and a lot of people watching, but you know, he's even in movies, right? He's an actor now. We haven't, we even had that in Minnesota. And
1: yeah, I don't know, think that I don't movies, think the right? big market has restricted him in doing anything that a big market player would be able to do. Like you said, he's in movies. Everyone knows his name. He's he's leading the USA team right now. He's kind of the head honcho for that team. And yeah. Steve Kerr, the coach, has has gone on record saying that. I mean. There's nothing at this point of his career that I think has been held back by being in a market like Minnesota. So I don't understand where that comes from. And, and look, the Timberwolves and Ant himself as a, as a member of the Timberwolves need to prove that they deserve twenty twenty five national TV games because they have been bad for so long. But that's the beauty of having a player like Anthony Edwards is that he will bring them wins. He's already brought them to two playoff series. He's been excellent in those playoff series, box office in those playoff series. And as the wins come, which I suspect they'll come more this season than they did last season, the season after that, they'll get more national TV games. Like, like you, you kind of alluded to, these things will come on the back of Anthony Edwards. I don't think he needs to go somewhere else to earn the respect that he will naturally mm-hmm. kind of just find by being a great player.
0: Yeah, like you look at, you know, Minnesota when we got Jimmy Butler and players that came here that year, um you know the wolves got a a christmas Mm -hmm. day game we've never had a really a christmas day game ever right that was the first time i believe we ever got one uh so like you do see there's it doesn't matter that you're a small market and it just matters that you have a big time big time player and they believe you're going to be good the nba believes in you and i think with him the marketing it's there the kid is special uh he's going to be in more movies he's going to be out there And, and right now he's just exploding in the national media uh so yeah let's kind of that goes right into the next thing. Let's talk about the FIBA tournament, man, because the Wolves have multiple players in there. They got Nikhil Alexander Walker. They got Kyle Anderson playing, uh, Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, obviously, Anthony Edwards. Uh, Luca Garza played a little bit overseas too in a separate tournament uh, that wrapped up. But, um, you know, there's a lot of Wolves representation right now out there. And, you know, Anthony Edwards, on top of just the FIBA tournament, like, from what I've seen, I think he's taking the lead, Jake. I really do. I think he's been taking a leap this summer. Now, I saw it starting when the Timberwolves made the playoffs and they went up against the Denver Nuggets, uh, who won the finals, obviously, later. One of the best teams in the NBA, great defenders, Bruce Brown on them. We've heard the comments from Bruce, and I saw him just performing out of his mind in the playoffs, averaging 31.6 points per game. Um, And in the career of Anthony Edwards in two playoff uh, years, when he played the Grizzlies and played against Denver, He's averaging 28 points a game. I mean, that's absolutely crazy for a guy who just turned 22. And then he continued the play going into the FIBA tournament. I think he's really shown everybody that he's the best player on Team USA. And I think that's special because you look around on Team USA, Jaron Jackson Jr. has got a max. Tyrese Halliburton just signed a big contract, right? There's players around him. Paolo Van Carol, rookie of the year. Uh, you know, all these players around him that are somebodies as well. They're getting max contracts as well. But he's just separated themselves, and he just looks he just looks like a star player that when the team goes to the Olympics the next year, he's one of the players that's going to be on that Olympic roster.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think to your point that he's kind of taking the leap, I think that he is just taking every step that you expect a budding superstar to take. I mean, he had the mm-hmm. – the, the very good rookie season obviously didn't win Rookie of the Year, but a very good rookie season nonetheless. He has that second year where he takes a, a pretty sizable jump in his play, but he still has a, a few issues in his game. Then he gets to the playoffs in his second year and he gets that early experience in the playoffs, plays really well in a series that they really should have won. But again, he takes a few lumps in that series. You know, he's he's a part of those teams that give up the 20-point leads and the, and the big fourth quarter comebacks from Memphis. And then the third year, he kind of takes... A pretty sizable leap again in terms of individual play he makes the playoffs again he's an all-star and now he's into his his fourth offseason or his third offseason and he's with Team USA he's the best player on Team USA or at least the the most kind of um the guy in the light I guess the most in, in Team USA he's got the ball the most for the team and that's just all natural there's been no missteps in terms of what you would expect a, a young superstar to have in his first three seasons. And this FIBA tournament is another huge step. It's like you said, playing with really great players, yeah. leading really great players, learning to play. You know, sometimes you might not get the ball a lot. Sometimes you might have to give Tyrese Halliburton more of the ball or Austin Reeves is taking possessions off him or, or Paolo Banquero is taking possessions. And that's a good thing. That's what you want for a guy to learn Kind of a little bit of basketball humility, I guess, in terms of being able to play with great players and and to still play great alongside those great players. And like I said, that's just that's he's taking all of these steps and he keeps taking checking, checking yeah. off these boxes. And I'm just super excited to kind of see where this summer can can lead him into next season and can translate into an NBA environment because we're, I mean working with these coaches, man, Spolstra, Kerr tyloo like that and there's a bunch of other coaches on that roster as well yep. who are just all-timers all-time coaches so i'm excited to see what that knowledge that he can sponge up from all these different people these players these coaches can kind of translate into the next level for him and whether that next level is you know all nba or just a, a really fixed all-star spot or even if it's just winning 52 games with the Timberwolves and getting to the second or third round of the playoffs That's all on the cards for him, and there's no evidence right now to suggest that he isn't going to be the kind of guy who can do that for his team.
0: Um, Would you say that from the first playoff series that Anthony Edwards had against the Grizzlies, there was a noticeable change of of some sort between, like you said, giving away the leads? We all watched in Memphis where they just blew all those leads. Uh, Now we're taking that series and how Anthony Edwards played And then we're looking at the Denver series, which is recent. Would you say there's a difference? And even with like team USA, right? The game's getting close. Like today, this morning, people who watched it, Anthony Edwards comes out in the second half, uh, erupts for 17 Mm -hmm. points in the second half and really just does it on both ends. He's playing defense. He's scoring. He's erupting. And, and, and the thing is too, everyone thinks of Anthony Edwards is scorer, but what I saw in the, the Denver series, what I saw, um, this uh, you know, this morning is Anthony Edwards is I feel like he's like think about it, Jake. Like the game against Denver, where Anthony Edwards said, I refuse to get swept. Mm-hmm. I feel like mm-hmm. that's a learning, something like he's learned from when they played the Grizzlies. You know, they didn't just lose because Amp, but I just feel like he learned a lot from that series. And he's yeah. really learned how to like I have to play on both ends and I will do whatever it takes to win for my team.
1: Yeah, I mean, the the difference for me when I kind of think back on those two series in terms of Mm -hmm. from an Anthony Edwards lens is in that first series, I think he was obviously really great against Memphis, but I think that he was great because it was just happening for him. They were in very close games. It was kind of just an Anthony Edwards playing well, like he always plays well, but over a longer stretch of time, over five games in a row or six games in a row. Yeah, the the den the Denver series was. This was a guy who a team that was really up against the ropes from the the first minute of the first game. They got punched mm-hmm. in the mouth. This was a really obviously a really great Denver team who were primed to win a championship. And he had Carl Anthony Towns, who was really struggling to begin the series. Mm-hmm. You know, Gobert hasn't what well, isn't the the offensive kind of sidekick that he that he needs, and he hasn't been all season. Jaden McDaniels isn't there. Nas Reid yeah. isn't there to give them, you know, 15 points a night. This yeah. is this was a guy, I think, who was almost backed into a corner in terms of uh, as a scorer. And uh, people can wilt in those situations. And obviously, they win just one game of five. But if, if Edwards averages 21 a game on, on mediocre efficiency, then with all the excuses in the world would be there for us to be talking about right now. Mm-hmm. And all the excuses I just said, that, that it was a really tough hand that he was dealt in that series. And... He went the opposite way. Even before sure. that that game four where the refused to be swept game, the game 3 was insane. He was insane in that loss. Like oh, the the, four, the fourth quarter in Denver, he was making some of the craziest shots. It was every possession, ball in his hands for the entire possession. Defense blitzing him at half court, um you know, that they were leaving towns open, they were leaving Gobert open and he was destroying them. And that's that's when it kind of clicked. I mean, I, I think we all knew that he had that potential, but like, that's a huge stage to be backed into a corner and just fight his way out of the corner the way that he did. Uh, and I just thought that was so so impressive. Like you said, both ends of the floor. He's blocking shots. He's he's getting in a stance. He's guarding guys. He's getting through screens. And then on the other hand, he's got like astronomical usage and doing it efficiently and just... Kind of carrying a team that that was pretty down in all aspects aside from Ant in that series. So I just thought that was that was a whole different beast uh, in that series compared to what we saw against Memphis.
0: One hundred percent. And on top of that, I think it's time that I think I tweeted it out or put some kind of response over the last couple of days. I think it's time that we, you know, us, you no know, Wolves fans, national media, anybody else, NBA fans, they stop. You know, people don't always think of Ann is you know the greatest defender, and Wolves fans might be a little biased. We might, and we do, we see him on a day-to-day basis, so we might say he's, you know, a lot of fans might say he's he's not a liability, but he's not like a great defender. I think it's time to start saying Anthony Edwards is turning into a great defender. I don't think he's there yet, but I think he's a good defender right now. Mm-hmm. I think he's an A one on the ball defender right now, as we speak. He's elite on the ball. He needs to still correct some things, obviously off the ball, but. Jake, would you say like Anthony Edwards, he's arguably one of the best uh, guards in the NBA right now at the chase down help uh, side block right now. Mm-hmm. Like, all those blocks we're seeing him do, how many guards do you see doing that in the NBA? I mean, I, it's he really is like Dwayne Wade. He really is. Yeah. Like, yeah. this what D. Wade used to do, get the blocks, right? And the amount of steals that Anthony Edwards gets per game With those hands, the knowledge, it just shows that he has a really high basketball IQ. um, And those have only improved every year. I think that's the most exciting part so far. He's starting to get other stuff down. Um, I'm noticing in FIBA he's getting a lot more physical. And he's Mm -hmm. going up against bigger guys. He doesn't even care. He'll take them down and play defense on anybody right now. Uh, I think his positioning is getting better. So I think I'm starting to see him develop slowly as a defender. And there are just these flashes. And we've all seen it, too, in some of the close games where Anthony Edwards, when he's consistent, when he has the mentality, when he wants to, he can be an elite defender.
1: Yeah, that's that. while you were saying that, that was what I was thinking about, is that what I've been kind of coming back to for the the entirety of last season and and still now, obviously, is that Ant is such a moments player. Like, he can have a zero-point first half for USA and then score 17 in the second half in a really tight game. When the game is on the line, he—I don't trust. I trust him probably more than anyone on the team to get a defensive stop because he—he yeah, he is a, a moments guy. Even if he's not having that completely dominant night, or if he's had a few off-ball lapses defensively throughout the game, or if he's just having one of those kind of sleepy nights where he—he's not, you know, his game isn't all the way there. You know that you're going to get two or three or four or five moments throughout a game that are just going to be unfathomably good like stuff that you just that other people can't do and he has that in his locker i mean you'd like to see him do that defensively for entire games but but how many guys are are as good as Anthony Edwards is at his best defensively for 48 minutes a night while also you know giving yeah. you 26 27 points a game it, it's it's almost you know unseen around the league what what he does and what a lot of these great two-way guys do is they they save themselves, not not in a bad way, but they they come through when they need to defensively. And I think that's, I think Ant showed small flashes in his first two seasons, but last season it was every time they needed a really big defensive possession, and he was tasked with with doing that. He came through those big blocks that you're talking about, those chase down blocks. Yep. Their moment, their moments where Huge. the eyes are on him, the eyes are only on him and one other guy, and he you know comes out on top more often than not. So. I just, I just always come back to Ant is a moments kind of player, and that that I don't mean that to take away from the fact that he can do things all game. He can score forty five points, and that takes an entire game to do. But it, it's when there's a big moment, I do trust Anthony Edwards, especially probably more defensively than offensively, to to have that one big play that wins the game, or that you know that gets a big stop, or that does something where you just can't believe it just happened.
0: Yeah, it's like it reminds you of when LeBron had that big block in the playoffs, the chase down. Yeah, that's block. a
1: that's a big that's a big moment. That's that's something you could imagine Anthony Edwards doing in a in a huge playoff series when the, the game is spirit. on the line. You hear, yeah, you
0: can hear the national guys screaming on the TV. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, the huge block. You know, when Giannis has the big block too. Those, like you said, the moments. That kid is special. I mean, the way he gets up too. It's, mm-hmm. I mean, how many guys? Oh, he's, he's a, a
1: freak. Athlete? He's a freak athlete.
0: Insane, and so. It, it, you can't just say that another guy can replicate that because they can't. They just mm-hmm. physically cannot do what Ant can do. And that's just – he's that special of a player. And the fact he has such a good wingspan, uh, he's such – he's so bulky for his size and at his age. Um, I think that also just is a recipe of he's going to be able to switch on multiple guys. He can stay with smaller guards, but he can guard all the way up to, you know, potentially even power forwards at some points, which absolutely well,
1: – he was guarding uh, Nikola Vucevic from a lot of yeah. the game. They were, they were trying to front Vucevic with Ant in the post to kind of run a, a zone where Ant could, could kind of roam around and stop the post-ups from, from Vuce, who was obviously playing really well to Nedbro. So, um, you know, that, that shows you that a guy like Steve Kerr has the faith in him that he can body up with one of the best kind of body-to-body big men in the league. So, I, I mean, it's just another, again, another tick of approval, another step that he's taking.
0: And today, one of the coolest things I noticed about Edwards, too, another growing thing, is I, I remember seeing a moment where he was going off in the second half, and he really had a chance to keep going off, uh, and he had a chance to take a shot, but he decided to pull it down instead, go around and do a nice pass. Uh, mm. Jaron Jackson Jr., get him involved into the game, and then Jaron Jackson kind of went around uh, and got kind of a he, – he tried to go back and get a dunk, but it kind of like – he didn't fully get the dunk, but he got the basket. And so just getting, like, his teammates involved, I'm starting to notice him pass up the normal shots you would have seen him take his first years, and he's really trying to get, you know, pass it, share the ball. And I think that's one of the most encouraging things we've seen in FIBA is Anthony Edwards is really sharing the ball. He's playing team basketball. Uh, he's getting everyone involved, and his rebounding still. I mean, it started improving over the years. We've seen it in Minnesota. But I think I'm, it's, I'm so impressed on how Anthony Edwards rebounds the ball. Um, I, you know, it's something we, we just begged, begged Andrew Wiggins to do, right? We'd have those games that Wiggins would drop, you know, Wiggins would drop 40 points and 10 rebounds or 38 points and 10 rebounds. And everyone, we get, we get so excited in Minnesota. Right. And, and we just, but it was was,
1: normally like 21 and two rebounds and one assist.
0: Yeah. And Anthony Edwards right now, I think he's, he's showing you that even if he doesn't always get the scoring numbers, like even when he's dropped 15 points for team USA in games, you know, he's, he's getting rebounds, he's getting assists, he's playing good defense and he's doing all these big steals You know, he's doing other things now. So even if his shot isn't falling, like you said, he's still going to be effective. He's going to affect the game uh, on either side of the ball. And we all know he's going to get going uh, eventually in the offensive end. You can only hold down that kind of a guy so long. So it's been so fun to watch him grow. Kid's amazing. I'm just glad finally the the national media and and NBA fans all around are talking about him. And he's really getting a lot of the praise he deserves. So it's been awesome, man. Uh, Another guy, Jake, that kind of want to move on to is going to be Carl Towns. He had a game this morning, dropped 39 points in the FIBA tournament. Unfortunately, uh, the Dominican Republic did end up losing, but still nonetheless, Carl played a fantastic game. He's been great in the three games for the Dominican Republic. And um, he looks, I think my favorite part about it that I put out, I tweeted this out too. He looks so freaking happy, Jake. Like he looks – Yeah. And it's so good for him because everything he went through over the last couple of years with injuries. And then obviously the passing of his mother who is Dominican. And that's why he is playing for the team. I think, you know, that's so special to him to play for the Dominican Republic and his mother. Um, and I know she's damn proud looking down on cat, but just to see him how happy he is, I think it's so good for him. He needed that for just his own mentality and sanity. And I just think it's, it's so good because he's going to come into next season with just this positive aura. uh, And he's just going to be almost hopefully, uh, you know, have a really big season for the Wolves because of this.
1: Yeah. I I think you compare it to last off season and last off season, I think he got stuck in this vicious cycle of the illness before training camp. And then he comes into training camp and he kind of doesn't do anything as he's recovering. And then the season starts and he's in pretty poor form by his standards because of that injury and because of the he's probably a bit uh, out of shape just in general from not not being able to cool. work out. And he's trying to uh, configure how to work out with Gobert. And everything just spiraled and it obviously ended with the calf injury. And I think you compare that to this year where he is playing with the FIBA team. He looks super happy. He's out there celebrating with the fans. You know, mm-hmm. he's... He's, giving, he's scoring a ton of points. He's playing well. He looks super healthy in terms of the way he's moving, especially he compared so to the well. back end. Yeah, compared to the back end of last season, um, where he was back and he was playing fairly well before the playoffs, but yeah. he didn't really look overly healthy. Um, his speed is back too. I just like, think that...
0: Driving speed, it's back. Like, yeah. I noticed that at elite speed, the first yeah, come back, right?
1: Yeah, that's and that's such a huge part of his game. Like, if he... If he doesn't have that burst, he's kind of just a three-point shooter who's a bit slow um, when doing other things. But but what makes him different and what makes him, I think, a, a really unique big man scorer is that he can shoot that three and then he can take guys off the dribble when he's not yeah. shooting the three. So, I mean, you look at at the game against Puerto Rico, he was fantastic. Um, still a few issues in some games with some fouling and with some, some temper tantrums, but... I mean that I mean you gotta take the good with the bad, I think, at this point with towns and what we were missing last season was the good and we were just getting, you know, too much of the bad Thank due to health and due to kind of the, the like I said, the off season that he had. But I think if you're projecting forward to next season, he's gonna come in with a team that's overachieved the Dominican Republic. They've done their country proud. He's the the biggest reason that they've done so. He's honored his mother, which again is so awesome and and he's done such a great job of it. They've got at least one more game, if not a few more, if they manage to beat Serbia. They've, like I said, over it, they weren't meant to be where they are right now. Yeah. So I, I think that he's going to come in with confidence in himself. He's going to come in with confidence in, in his offseason. He said in an interview the other day that he normally doesn't start working out until after this point in the year. So I think he's going to come back healthier. He's going to come back quicker. Hopefully that leads to, to better health throughout the season. Um, I, I just think the, the signs for Cat are all positive this season, whereas last season the signs heading into the season were all negative. And I mean, who knows what's going to happen in the season? But that to me can only be a, a good omen.
0: The way he's shooting the ball right now too is is.
1: I just want to see him keep jacking up shots, man. He, keep letting them I mean, fly all the season.
0: This, I mean, this might be the best I've ever seen him shoot from three. And we've seen him shoot, you know, in his career be a forty percent nearly, you know, shooter, right? But the way he's shooting right now is, I mean, it's probably unsustainable. But it's just, it's just crazy. I mean, he's—that's well, the type
1: of shots that he's taking as well. Is it? yeah. it's not? They've been really deep threes. They've you been. Yeah, shots. <laughs> yeah, 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 shots off the dribble. Like it's, it's not just that standard kind of catch and shoot three from from right on the arc that we're used to. And that's the beauty of of FIBA play, especially on a team that doesn't have the, the talent around him, the NBA level talent around him is that he can experiment a little bit. The, the expectations aren't super high. He just has to go out there and kind of, you know, let his hair down and play basketball. And I think that's what we all would like to see a little bit more from him for the Timberwolves is just let your hair down and go and play basketball because you're an insanely talented basketball player.
0: Yeah, and I think um, it's, it's just good for him to realize that I'm successful playing this way. And so maybe, you know, the coaching staff, Finch, all those guys, they're all watching, obviously, him play in FIBA. And they're they are figuring out how to really utilize him in the game, um, how to offensively feed him. And I think Carl needs to know himself. Sometimes you just – you wonder, Carl, how did you only shoot these many times? And now I feel like he's just kind of having yeah. fun, letting it fly. And you want him to shoot. He's too talented of an offensive player um, to not let it fly at certain moments. So hopefully he learns from this as a player himself. And he just learns that, hey, you know what? I just got to go be myself and play my own game and trust in yeah. in all the outcomes because I think he's going to get plenty of open opportunities playing alongside of the Wolves players. Um, but yeah, that kind of goes in, into the the other thing is, you know, how will you know Cat and Gobert really fit this upcoming year? Now we've seen him perform in the FIBA season. We've seen that he can be a threat from deep. Do you think? Cat's going to be out on the perimeter mostly, or do you think they're going to – I mean, how does the spacing work? Uh, what, what does your gut tell you, I want the Timberwolves game plan is going to kind of be, Jake? What are we going to see?
1: Yeah, I, I my gut is confused because I'm not sure that Finch loves using Cat as, as a sole kind of perimeter guy because he's so talented in, in other areas. I think in yeah. general, Finch, Finch's offensive scheme – uh, he enjoys getting people in the post so that he can open up looks for people on the perimeter. That just doesn't work as much when Gobert's there as well. It, it worked the season before when they had shooters and spaces and and runners around around. Cat. I know Vando was there, but Vando would cut from the perimeter. He was fast. Yeah. He would move around inside the arc, kind of like a you know the Energizer Bunny that he is. And Gobert isn't that. And and that's I think they have to when they sit down this off season or they probably already have, and they kind of the coaching staff go through what they need to do to improve this offense next season, which was really bad during the season. Um, You know, it was, I think it ranked 23rd in the league at the end of the season. So they, they need to improve that. And, and I think that it is have cat on the perimeter more um, run more pick and roll with Joe bear use cat as that kind of release valve out on the perimeter and, and because he doesn't just have to be a three-point shooter, as we've seen in the FIBA tournament. If he catches and there's defenders running at him, he can easily go around people. He's such a great finisher when he's got a runway to the rim. He'll draw a lot of fouls. He's always drawn a lot of fouls. I know we don't like the whistle that he gets, but he's always been a fairly high foul drawer. Um, He's going to make a lot of shots from three as well. If he he shoots two or three or four more threes a game, I mean, I'm happy with that. I'm happy to see him let it fly as much as he wants to, as much as the coaching staff will let him. So I I think that if the goal is to foster Ant into a superstar, then the ball is obviously going to be in Ant's hands, you know, a lot. Um, That means Cat is going to be that secondary guy. And I think as a secondary guy, shooting eight, nine, ten threes a night, attacking off the dribble, kind of staying away from the post just to, to give the team more spacing... Um, that's what I would like to see personally because I just think that in my head there's a really dynamic offense there with with Ant driving and kicking to Cat and Cat driving and kicking you know Mike Connolly's going to run pick and roll with Gobert as well and that's really efficient you've got Jaden McDaniels who just kind of can fit into any of these roles any of these schemes really well as as a shooter and and an attacker as well so I think there's a lot of firepower there but I just don't want to see the I don't want to see the two bigs too close to each other in the offense because that's when things can get a bit cramped, especially for Ant if he's trying to drive.
0: Yeah, I, I, you know, the Wolves, uh, they can always stagger Cat and Edwards,
1: right? Well, yeah, and they and they will. They'll stagger Cat and Rudy as well as much as possible, I think. So you can kind of get the best of both worlds for, from the two big men.
0: Yeah, so uh, and then, um, you know, that kind of goes into Mike Conley where now we finally are going to get Mike Conley for a full season. Mm -hmm. is he a big difference Jake do you think over D'Angelo Russell for the team if he has the full year with the Wolves because if you think about last year if the Wolves had Mike Conley the whole season are they barely making to the playoffs or is that really that big of a difference for the Timberwolves team with their current roster and how it's constructed
1: yeah well I think yeah I I think that last point is the most important is it's how the current roster is constructed because I don't think that that Conley could have been as good as D'Lo was the season before on a team that kind of relied on Delo to to be more of a shooter, more of a creator. Um, and and D'Lo, I'm not a huge Delo fan, but I think the season mm-hmm. prior where, where Minnesota won 46 games, um, he was awesome in the role that he that he played. He still had his defensive issues, but he he really fit in Chris Finch's system that year. But then you you roll over to the next year, he obviously. Didn't mesh with Gobert very well. Um, yeah, I mean, you absolutely. you replace you replace Conley with Delo in that respect, and you get a guy who really fits with Gobert and who really knows how Gobert operates. Um, they needed a little bit more point of attack defense last season, I think, from from D'Lo, and they didn't get it. Conley's much better there, and more importantly, Conley's really good at chasing shooters if he's playing in that off-ball role. Like, obviously um Jaden mcdaniels is going to handle a lot of point of attack defense and so is ant so yeah. the, conley was really really great at being at kind of playing on small forwards like he, he had games where he played on cam johnson he had games where he played on like cantavius caldwell pope guys who were going to move off screens and shoot threes um and conley was very good at kind of staying with those guys which is a, a huge upgrade on delo who was um a good talker off the ball, but pretty lazy as an as an actual mover. Um, but yeah, there's 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 pros and cons to D'Lo and Conley. Um, I think that that people probably judge D'Lo a little bit too harsh because I think he did a lot of really great things things in Minnesota compared to what yeah. they had previously. But there's also you know the pros to Conley is that he can bring a little bit more um, kind of wisdom, a little bit more. Sageness in terms of playing with Gobert, a little bit more calm. Delo is kind of, you know, crash and bash. He's all fire. And sometimes, you know, fire isn't the right way to approach things. Whereas Conley, I think, is a bit more measured with the way he approaches every game. Um, And that can go, that can work both ways. Maybe sometimes they're going to need that fire that they had with Delo and they won't get it from Conley. So I think overall, it's, I think it's definitely an upgrade. I think in terms of what they need next season, it's an upgrade. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, a full season, a full off season, more importantly, um, with Conley. And I think Finch loves him. I think that's a big yeah. difference between the, between the two is I don't think that Finch loved D'Angelo Russell. I think he knew that he needed him. But yeah. I think that, that Finch really trusts everything that Conley does and that gives the Wolves almost like a mini Finch out on the court. And, and that's yeah. going to be super important next season.
0: It's like having another coach, just like you said, and on top of yeah. that. Um, you know, Conley's been in the playoffs so many years, right? Mm. Wasn't elite with the Grizzlies for so long. Um, had experience, had the best, uh, you know, number one Western Conference team with the Utah Jazz. There's just so many things in his career and accolades that he's done and played with all these players. He's also been a really good defender and he's learned how to be a good defender and he can teach the young guys how to be a great defender. And then on top of that, I just think he's been a phenomenal. Something that's underrated. I think he's a really good uh, spot-up shooter from the corner. I think he's been awesome there for the Timberwolves when he plays out. I think he
1: shot. I think he shot fifty-two percent. I think from the corners after he got to Minnesota, which is incredible. And it was on high volume too for a for a corner three-point shooter. He was. I mean, that's probably unsustainable over a full season, but yeah, he's developed. Yeah, he's developed into a really sick shooter and. He's going to be he's playing more off the ball than he ever did with Utah or with Memphis and I think he's really taken to that role where he can either be the point guard and, and run the pick and roll and run the offense or he can just let Anthony Edwards or McDaniel's or Towns do it and he can stand in the corner and be a really really dangerous player from that spot.
0: It's just nice too that you have a guy that you can always slow the game down with too if you got one of the young guys who's they're a little rattled the, uh, they're on the road. They're in LA, and the crowd's behind them. It, it's nice to have a guy who has that veteran presence. Versus, you know, a younger guy like D'Angelo can still do it. But you know, D'Angelo's going to bring the to court and try to silence the crowd.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Conley's yeah. not
0: looking for the home run play. He's looking to calm everything down, and he's going to he's going to stretch out the defense and make the right play. And yeah. I think that's so important for the Timberwolves. And I think having a full year of Mike Conley. With Carl Anthony Towns is going to be so great for his game too. I think he's going to fit better than D'Angelo fit with Carl. I think that's something that's like really not being talked about as well is just having Carl being yeah them.
1: Yeah, I haven't really- thought about that too much either. Yeah. That's a good point. Is that that we haven't really explored that dynamic between Cat and Conley? It was it kind of just got swept under the rug last season. They were obviously in this in the middle of uh, trying to make the playoffs, trying to get a better seating in the playoffs, where they yeah. probably didn't have time to. To experiment to, to tinker with some things in terms of um, the Cat and Conley duo, but that's just as important as any other duo on on this team which is they're going to both be high minute guys, high like a lot of touches between the two of them, a lot of usage within the offense. So yeah, it's a really good point. It's something, else, it's something I, I think I might have to go and do a little bit of diving into because I'd love to see kind of what they how they went last season and what could maybe be improved or what could be you know built yeah. upon definitely
0: do it let me know when you do it when you get the numbers i'd love to see him play. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, and mike i think like d'angelo you know there's been rumors that not everyone loved him in the locker room or he had the issues with ryan saunders uh back in the past that we do know and so but you know the one thing about mike is you know everyone loves him all the reporters love him uh, everywhere he's yeah. gone everyone speaks highly of him any place he's ever played all the players loved him. Everyone loves Mike, and so that's just.
1: Did so he cool. win? Right. Did he win teammate of the year again?
0: Was that? Did he, I say that? I think. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. He did win it again, and I think he's just. It, it's just to have a guy like that. Uh, it's just priceless, man. It's re, it's just it's priceless to have that in your locker room, especially when we're losing some vets like Torian Prince. Um, Now we have Mike Conley really stepping in, and Anthony Edwards, the most important player in the franchise. He loves Mike. They play Call of Duty together. That's important too, to have that relationship uh, because everything now is just geared upon making Ant happy and how to really build around him. So it's just great for, for the kid to really learn from, from a guy like that. Um, you know, the last thing, Jake, before we kind of wrap things up today that I wanted to go over uh, for anybody still watching is, you know, somebody that I'm all in, I'm literally all in, I'm all aboard, Jake, Leonard Miller. Hype train, and I had to bring it up, man. I, I know we talked a little bit uh, that we were going to talk about it today, but you know Leonard Miller. Uh, I think from what I saw in summer league, he's ready for NBA minutes. He because he looks like an NBA player already. Um, you know, I would put him at the very end of the bench in the rotation. I'm not saying he should come in and get made minutes right off the rip here, but uh, you know, I was huge, huge on a guy like Josh Minot. I really thought uh, Josh could come in and potentially earn some minutes eventually. But from when I watched the two of them play in summer league, Leonard looks like the real deal. He looks like he's ready right now. He looks more polished than Josh is. And I still love Josh. I'm still a big Josh fan and I hope he earns it. But I think Leonard Miller is ready to contribute from day one. And I, I don't know what you think, but what do you see from him that made you think this kid's got something special and you know the Wolves might have got a steal long as you let Tim Conley cook
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we were saying let Tim Conley cook at uh, about halfway through yeah. the season um yeah I mean I just think he's a he's a basketball player I mean I think he gets a lot of um plaudits for his for his athleticism for his kind of size the way that he he grew from being a point guard in, in you know middle school or whatever into yeah. a guy who can really probably play the, the center at the moment with his size but I think he's a really good Basketball player, and I think that's more important um, for young players than actual just athletic gifts. Um, he's got a really great touch. I think I think that was the first thing I noticed when I started watching his his G League games, and then we watched the summer league as well. Is that he's got fantastic touch around the rim, and that translates to to the jumpers in the mid range. He had a few of those little post up jumpers with with really nice touch. That translates to the three point shot, which looks ugly but it was going in I think it's going in because he's got such nice touch with it with you know the way he shoots the ball the way he kind of has that that spatial awareness with his shot um I just think that he does a lot of little things that help win games he rebounds you know he he's he's unpolished defensively but he wants to defend well he wants to protect the rim he wants to make the right pass he wants to get out in transition and, and get easy points like I think these are all things that are going to endear themselves to the coaching staff right away. Like I, I, he's one of those guys. I think that if he was playing on a team that's going to win thirty games next season, he's probably playing twenty five minutes a night. Oh Um, yeah. But um, maybe unfortunately for him, but fortunately for us, the Timberwolves are probably looking to win fifty games next season, and that means they don't they don't have as much on-court time to to kind of you know give him more ropes to play but it also means he's learning from better players he's in a better environment he's he's entering the nba as someone who is expected to play winning basketball if he's on the court um he's going to go down to the g league the system's going to be the same there um in terms of you know they're, they're looking to win games they're looking to play the way finch does so i just think he's in a really he might not get minutes right away. He might not get minutes all season. He might have to do a whole year in the G League. Um, but he's in a really good environment. Finch is a really um, experimental and creative coach with his big men. Uh, I think that he knows how to use big men. He knows how to grow big men. And he's not afraid to let a big guy play like a guard if that's how the big guy is kind of wired. You know, He, he lets Cat be Cat. Um, and not every coach has let cat be cat, so um, I think I expect he'll do the same with Leonard Miller. I expect when we see these G League highlights, we're going to see him, you know, playing in a way that's that's sometimes looking like a big man, sometimes a point guard, sometimes a small forward. Like he's that kind of. Yeah. I think when I wrote wrote about him in the summer, it was it was that he's like, you know, back in the day they used to be the tweeners and everyone didn't want to draft a tweener. You didn't want to draft a Derek Williams or an Anthony yeah. Bennett. Um, nowadays, everyone wants a tweener. You know, everyone wants an Aaron Gordon, a guy who who we're not sure about what his actual position is. Um, yeah. that, that's a good thing these days, and I think that Leonard Miller is that in that new age of of tweener and can do a little bit of everything. And maybe if he can have one or two skills that end up elite, then all of a sudden you've got a real player on your hands. But at worst, you've got a guy who can pass, dribble, shoot. You know, rebound all at a at a solid level. So, I'm I'm high on Leonard Miller. I'm on the Miller Leonard Miller hype train. Um, it's Miller time all season.
0: Oh, it's always gonna be Miller time. I can't wait to tweet out <laughs> that and say that everything like that. But um, you know, it's been awesome having you on, Jake. Uh, you know, uh, obviously we wanted to do this for a while. I'm glad we could make it happen. I'm hoping that you know anybody's still tuning in. Or people watching this uh, recording later down the road enjoyed what we put out there for you. Everybody today, we're, you know, just doing what we both love, uh, covering the team we both love. And uh, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, you know, it's the addiction that me and Jake both (laughs) both love, (laughs) right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, we're stuck with it. We were saying before the show, we're kind of stuck with it for life now, whether the team's bad or good um we're stuck with it but hopefully we're we're on the upswing here you know we, we've got a team that's fun to cover we've got some fun really fun players and really really bright future so i'm happy to be doing it i'm happy that you're doing it you know i'm happy to to kind of get together today and talk about it
0: yeah man uh you can find uh my podcast the daily wolves and apple and spotify by searching the daily wolves uh obviously jake one more time where can they find you before we wrap things up here
1: uh, yeah house and drowse anywhere um house and drowse on, on twitter house and drowse um, is my substack where you can get all my writing all my my deep dives and and kind of play breakdowns and the player ratings after every game during the season which is probably the most popular stuff over there uh, and then the youtube house and Grouse as well um, doing some breakdowns I'm really uh, looking a lot at Minnesota's bench for next season, so there'll be a Shake Milton um, YouTube video up soon. I might do a, a deep dive, um, written piece about Milton and and, Nikhil and and Kyle Anderson and and Nas Reed, which I think is um, another underrated talking point that that Minnesota's bench is going to be super dope next season. So um, yeah, catch me on all the all those channels and come say hello and 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 you know get some unique content.
0: Yeah, definitely check out Jake. Definitely give him a follow. I can't wait for those videos to come out. I'm going to be watching myself. Um, And last thing, I've said it in my last stream. I'm going to say it one more time. I will be dropping some very first time. I'll be dropping some merch. Timberwolves merchandise. So that will be coming up uh, hopefully in the next month or so. Still working out a few things, but we're looking good right now. We're aiming. And I'll definitely, when I know the dates, I will – put out it. So everybody knows, but I can't wait to share some of my Timberwolves thoughts and ideas with everybody. So hopefully everyone does, does really, you know, love that stuff. So
1: yeah, I'll definitely be getting some.
0: Oh, that's awesome, man. I can't wait. You know, I worked hard on it, so it'll be sweet, but yeah, thanks again, everybody. And uh, as always go Wolves.